0: This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Well, last week we talked about that God wants to uh, bless us. And he's given us instructions how to receive the blessing, to be blessed by him. And God wants us to increase. He's faithful to his word on him. He's faithful to what he says in his word. And he wants us to respond to that, to respond to his faithfulness, to respond to his promises. And there's many you know, blessings that come from uh, being a, a tither. We talked about tithing. And it, it's much more than money. Money's included. It's a part of it, but it's much more than money. And I'll hit some other things, maybe you haven't heard before uh, in this message. One of the things I always think when I give my tithe is uh, I'm not giving just for me and my household. I'm not giving just for my my corporate church because I'm giving also to the world, to missions and the others. The blessings here in this house, my giving personally, but it's not only for my family. The blessing but it's for my, the four generations. And you see the blessing of the tithe goes down to four generations. And that, that's a scriptural truth. So I'm giving for my kids. I'm giving for my grandkids. I'm giving for my great-grandkids. And my great-great-grandkids are benefiting when I tithe. Now that, that's enough to tithe right there. But there's so many blessings, but, and, and really we, we're worshiping the Lord. We talked about the way of Cain, and I'm not going into all that, but the way of Cain was redefining what God has instructed us, thinking it will be acceptable to God if we change it, kind of like our good intentions compared to what he really said, and doing what he said to do. And there will always be two trees. We talked about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And how uh, you had that tree that belonged to God. And you had the the tree of life. And what happened was Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And they partook of his tree. And we found that that actually represented his portion or his part And it was the tithe. It was even in the garden. God will always have his portion, his part. We will never be God. Amen? He is God. He's given us life. He's given us his spirit. But we're to worship him and honor him as as God. So there's always going to be two trees in your life. And we'll always have that choice. What will we do for it? In John 10 10, it says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. We saw the word kill there means to sacrifice first fruits to a God. And we we saw that the enemy is out to steal your first fruits, he's out to steal. What belongs to God, what brings honor to God, what brings worship to God, the enemy's out to steal it. And we can't let him steal, kill, destroy what belongs to God. We can't let him steal God's worship from our heart and from our life. So the sin of Cain is not presenting to God the first fruits just like his father did. So, in, in Proverbs 3, verse 9, today we're going to look some more at this. Honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase. So, your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. So, we see here that the first fruits of all your increase. It's talking about giving t- to God uh, every increase that comes into your life. Let me say this, that God loves you even if you don't tithe, even if you don't give. God is in love with you. If you're a believer, you're a son or a daughter of God, and your sins, past, present, and future have been eradicated through the blood of Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross, and you have sonship and daughtership, in the kingdom and family of God, and there's no weapon formed against you that's to prosper. You are blessed going in and blessed going out, but you hinder the blessing or the extent that God can bless you if you don't obey his instructions and do what he says to do. And that means to bring the first of your increase to him and worship him and bless him with it. And what will happen, it says he'll fill up, he'll fill your barns with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. So God wants to provide for us, but these things aren't automatic. We have to trust him. We have to release faith. And whether we understand it or not, God connects our heart to our giving. Well, I don't connect it that way. Well, he does. And his connection or his view is right. Ours is wrong if you're thinking that way. He looks at our heart and where it says our our treasure is, our heart will be, our heart is, that is the truth. Say it's the truth. So tithing comes by revelation. It's not a matter that I have to tithe once you get to revelation. It's I get to tithe. I get to honor God. I'm thankful and so grateful for the finished work of the cross and the redemptive work, what God did for me and his patience and his kindness, his forgiveness, his goodness, that I want to tithe. I want to honor him. I want to bless him because it pleases him. God loves a cheerful giver. Why? Because I'm coming cheerfully, not out of... A, um some kind of legalistic thing. I'm coming now, relationship with a son of the living God who paid the price for me. I'm coming because I want to come. I want to come to the altar. I want to bless him. I want to worship him. And we do that through giving her tithe. In Leviticus 27:30, a tithe of, of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So we give our tithes, but really it's His. It, we're returning to Him what belongs to Him. Holy here means a sacred thing, set apart. Dedicated to the purposes of God. Sanctified and separated. It's a sacred, holy thing. When you bring what belongs to him, you return it back to him. It's sacred. It's holy. What an honor and privilege we have of bringing something sacred to him and blessing them and honoring him and worshiping him. It's a holy thing. William Colgate, the founder of Colgate, I may have used Colgate products, met a Christian man who told him to make soap that had great value, put the best ingredients inside, and to honor and respect God William Cogate was a tither. He was at a Bible study, and they were staying the story of Jacob, where Jacob vowed to give a tithe of all uh, the increase that God would give to him. Jacob set the pillar at Bethel, if you remember the story, which means the house of God. And by the way, I, I believe the tithe is for the house of God, the local church. And there's many uh, examples and stuff uh, to, to show you that where you're being fed, where you're planted, where you're apart. part. But what he saw that Jacob made a vow to give a tithe of all, and William Colgate said, I will give a tithe of all to my Savior, to my God. How uh, I many know he turned that pretty well off? Um, <laughs> that's why I want to read. At the end of his life, William was tithing almost 100 of his income. Do we have any hundred percenters in Ninety? <laughs> <90? laughs> okay, I'm just. So tithing's by faith. And it requires that we obey God. It's possible to give God 10% and it not be the tithe. Because it has to be first fruits. It has to be first. The first part. And see, God looks at it like this. Whatever is first in your life, whatever you give and your increase first is who you're honoring and who you're worshiping and who you're looking to for your supply. Oh, pastor, I don't feel that way. I'm telling you the way you feel is wrong. This is the way God feels. So when I write out, I get my increase, I get my paycheck, and my first thing I spend on is my AT&T bill. I'm saying AT&T, I trust you and I love you. And I know that you will always have a line for me. I believe for your supply. I believe you will protect me and take care of my family. You know, it sounds ridiculous to us, but that's the way God sees it, because he is first. The reason he's first is because he's first. He can't respond to second too well because he's just not there. He's in first position. Second, he's not there. He's always first. Getting deep here. He's number one. <laughs> when you give God the first, he redeems the rest. He t- it, it, it causes the rest of your income to be blessed when you give. In Genesis 14, verse 18, we see, Example, one of the first examples of giving a tithe. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Now, Abraham is called the father of our faith. This is before the law. And here we see that Abraham is giving the tithe to this, this high priest, this priest of God. And we see a revelation here. that It's the first time we see God revealed as the most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Or Elion is the term in the Hebrew. And the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. He's the owner of it all. Can we all, I should say, God, you're the owner. I own nothing. You own everything. You're the possessor of heaven and earth. He is God. He's the most high. You can't get any higher. Mechizedek here is the type of Jesus. We'll see it in Hebrews in just a moment. He's called the King of Righteousness and the King of Peace. Scripture says, In in Christ, righteousness and peace have kissed and become one. This is the only account we have of Melchizedek in the Old Testament. But we see some remarkable things here. What does Melchizedek do? He brings out the bread and the wine. That's a shadow of what? Communion. It's a shadow of the Lord's Supper. It's pointing the way. What does Jesus offer? His body, his blood, the communion elements. He brings that. What's the rightful response to the communion elements? Is to honor God with the tithe. And that's what Abraham did here. And great things happened to Abraham after this. God opened his eyes. And you can see in Genesis 15 that he said, because he was a tither, he said, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. I'm your shield. This is a a benefit of being a tither. God is your defender. He's your protector. Against man, against nature, against anything the enemy can bring against you. He's your shield. Well, what happens when you need a defender? You release your faith. I have, you're my shield, oh God. You don't need a better defender than God. He can handle it. He can defend you. He can protect you. I don't care what the odds are. Heard a testimony, a lady on the mission field, and she was surrounded, her, her trailer, by men that wanted to kill her. And she just took the communion elements out and started worshiping God in that trailer. And the banging stopped. She opened the door, and no one was in sight. Everyone had fled. Now, later on, she heard the story that some huge 25 foot men came on the scene. And everyone ran off from them. Some angels showed up. Why? He's your shield and your defense, your defender. When you put him first, and it's seeding great reward, that means that he is your supply. He's your supply for everything that you could ever need or ever desire. He's already fulfilled it at the finished work of the cross. It's yours. Just like Elder Zach was somehow. it's done. This is a done deal. We're not trying to get a victory. We're coming from a victory. So we can rejoice and we can stand in faith in what has already taken place. It's a shadow here, Mekazadec of the uh, Lord's Supper. But when did partaking of the Holy Communion become a legalistic act? I'm glad it's not here. I'm glad we have the elements here that you can take anytime during worship. But see, it's to be a relationship, it's to be communion, to be our relationship and, and thankfully receiving. And being reminded of the finished work of the cross and being reminded that the blood was spilled and the the body was slain. What the sacrifice and receiving health and and healing. It's not to be a, a legalistic thing. It's relationship. Well, what about tithing? It's not to be a legalistic, mechanical act. It's to be a relationship. I get to adore my king. I get to bless him. He loves a cheerful giver. And see, if you don't have the revelation of tithing, don't tithe yet. Get the revelation. And that's what, where you have to hear teaching. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith will bring the revelation that you need to walk in the truth. So we need to keep hearing the truth. So tithing is a, is, is a worship. Ezekiel forty four thirty says the best of all first fruits of any kind, every sacrifice of any kind of all your sacrifices shall be the priest. Also shall also you shall give to the priest the first of your ground meal to cause a blessing, the rest on your house. Let me tell you, Jesus, our priest today, and when you give to his house, to his work, to his kingdom, he will bless your house. He will take care of your house. So you can say, God, I'm a tither, and I thank you for the blessing of the Lord on my house. You got to release faith in what the word says, the truth. Hebrews 5, going to the New Covenant. Having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, all we saw, we just read about Melchizedek in the Old Testament, that's all there is. And we see in the New Covenant that Jesus is called according to that order of Melchizedek. What was the order? What did we see? Melchizedek gave the communion elements and received the tithe. That's the order of your high priest today. And I've done a study on the, on the priestly, high priestly ministry of Jesus, and I've, I've taught before, but the, there's so many, when you place him and honor him as your high priest, that's what you're doing when you're tithing. There's so many benefits that come from that. So Jesus is saying here is called by God to be our high priest. Now when, was he, when did he become our high priest? Was he our high priest when he was walking on this earth? Everybody say no. He became high priest when he was resurrected from the dead and seated at the right hand of Father God. That's when he was put into position, called by God, to fulfill this new role as our high priest. And when you read in Hebrews, it talks about there had to be a changing of the priesthood, it had to change. And to not like the Levites and and like Aaron, who it was done over and over a daily thing, but once and for all, the sacrifice was made. And this high priest stands, is in intercession, stands at the right hand of Father God in our behalf. Wow. Hmm. The order a Mechizedek. That's what Jesus is called to do. And I just hit my screen. I don't know where I'm at anyways. Where was I? Somebody tell me. Hebrews. Thank you. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 7. Let's look at verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. First being translated king of righteousness and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God remains a priest continually. But consider how great this man was to even the patriarch. Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed those who are of the sons of Levi who received the priesthood have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law. That is, from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them, which is talking about Jesus, not derived from them, receives tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises, because of that, actually. Now, beyond all con- uh, contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. How I mean, know that when you give your time, you are the lesser in this situation, and the greater one blesses you? He's the greater one. We're the lesser one. He's the greater one. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater. And it says that the lesser is blessed by the greater. Everybody with me? Okay. Now, beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here, mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom is witness that he lives. Here, mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them. It's talking about Jesus, our high priest. And people will say, well, tithing's not even for today. When it's, it's plain right here in Hebrews, that he is, Jesus is our high priest. You give here, and it's received by mortal men, but it says there, he receives it. When I give my tithe, Jesus personally receives it himself. Think about that. Personally, he is receiving your tithe as a worship unto him. And it's loving him. When you worship him, you're loving on him. Here, mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them in whom as witness day lives. Let me just finish. Even Levi who received tithes paid tithes. Through Abraham, so to speak, and there you see the four generations, Levi was credited for paying tithes before he was even there. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. That's the reason you have legacy and you continue on. That's the reason you're supposed to grow and increase from every generation to generation. Because you keep it, keep it going. But zero in here, Hebrews uh, 7, verse 8. Here mortal men received them. Receive tithes, but there he receives them. The word receive here is present tense. When you look up, it's in present tense, and it means to take hold of. Jesus presently, present tense, receives and takes hold of your tithe. The tense shows it's, it's current, but... Think about this. He is the head of the church, and he didn't become the head until he was resurrected. So he was not in the position of high priest. So this verse is talking about the church age. It's talking about the dispensation of grace that Melchizedek gave before the law through—it was a grace period. It was before the law— and we're given in the dispensation of grace according to the pattern of Melchizedek, Does Jesus, our high priest, receive it? It has to be talking about now. In the Old Testament, Jesus—it was not witnessed that He lives. And you find it in Revelation one eighteen that He that was dead is alive forevermore. He lives. It's talking about Jesus. We witness that he lives. He is alive. So the communion elements speak about his death, but when I tithe, I'm declaring, he's alive. He's alive in me. He is alive in you. And every time that you tithe and you honor him, You're a witness. You're a witness that he lives and he's alive. So when you give, he sees it. He receives it. It's sacred to him. It's such a special, honorable, holy time to him. There's reason say, when you we give it at church, or you're like me, I give online. Don't just do it and be done with it. We've all been there sometimes. But really, we should take some time and honor him and worship him. It's a holy event. It's a holy moment. It's sacred to him. It's separated. It's dedicated. It's for the purposes of God, and it touches his heart. I was thinking about how Jesus sees what we give, and I thought about the woman who gave the two mites. You know, he watches, he sees. You know, in the book of Numbers, they even... um, now, all the leaders of, of Israel, they would take the leader and they, they wrote down what he, that person gave. It's important to God. So it should be important to us what we give. And you think about the detail that he, he keeps records. And when we get to heaven, none of us are going to go, boy, I knew I shouldn't have gave so much. I tell you, we're going to be wiping away some tears probably and saying, Wish I'd done more. Wish I'd given more. That's, and, and see, but we take from numbers where the, the leaders, it was recorded what they gave, in their offering. That's the reason to be a leader in the church. You should be a tither and a giver. James Craft, the founder of Craft. I mean, her craft was a tither too. Near the end of his life, he was tithing almost 100% of his income. John Henry Hines, the founder of Hines, was a tither too. Near the end of his life, he was tithing almost 100% of his income. That helped the Hines ketchup go down a little better. John D. Rockefeller. He said, I never would have been able to tithe the first million dollars I ever made if I had not tithed my first salary, which was a dollar fifty per week. Well, it'd be easier, you know, once I got all my income straight and everything laid out perfectly it'll be easy, easier for me to start tithing then no <laughs> it's going to be more of them out by then it's just like well I think we'll have children once everything is is right on the earth in the world <laughs> you're not going to have no kids it's like brother Hagen <laughs> brother Hagen um, Kenneth Hagen minister years ago I um, had a, a lady say, uh, would you pray for the devil nev- never to bother me again? I want everything to go right in my life. He said, yes, I'll pray for you to die on the spot. <laughs> We're not in heaven yet. There's going to be stuff you got to deal with here. Amen? I may have dealt with some stuff. <laughs> well, deal with stuff. But the good news for us is God's with us. And he is our shield. He is our protector. He is our defender. And our exceeding great reward. So I want to challenge you to worship God. You're not a tither. Ask God to reveal and touch your heart. And take that step. And we made it easy with the 90-day Guaranteed that you can step out and become a tither. I've had a couple people say uh, they're not even doing the 90-day guarantee. They're just going to step out and start tithing. That's fine, but let us know. Just right now, I'm becoming a tither. and We can all rejoice. I got some frequent questions that that people ask. I'll just run through a few of these real quick. Should I start tithing until we get our debts paid? Well, I believe you need to start tithing to get your debts paid. It's something about tithing that causes you to get, become a good steward and start budgeting and looking at things that you need to be looking at the whole time before. That any uh, financial expert would tell you, get a budget, (laughs) start making a plan. And doing those things, you know, get your Dave Ramsey book, you know, wherever you n- need to do. Dave Ramsey talks about, you know, it's a whole lot cheaper to eat at home than eat out on time. I don't want to eat at home. Well, do you want to get out of debt? You know, you know, just you, you should want to. Should the husband always handle the finances? And I say Yes. If he's better at it, if he's not better at it, please don't touch it, guy. <laughs> Let her take it and run with it, whoever's better at it. But it should be communicated and should be agreement, you know, on your, on your spending. My wife and I have separate bank accounts. Is this wrong? And this is just a, a common thing in our day and time. And I believe if you have a separate business thing, maybe that's a different thing. But I don't think you should have separate accounts. I believe uh, it should be our money. And uh, I believe that's covenant. And I believe that's what uh, the way it should be. But Do I need to make up for the lost tithe? No, there's grace. We're not under the law. Under the law, you had to pay a 20% interest fee for missing your tithe. So now just start fresh and uh, go from there. Why doesn't the New Testament say more about tithing? Well, Jesus endorsed the tithe. We look at Matthew 23, 23. And then I showed you Hebrews 7. Uh, There are things there. The things that come through the cross that our change are changed or you find explained in the New Testament, such as the sacrifices in Hebrews 10, the priesthood uh, in Hebrews 7, it talks about things that come across that came through the cross unchanged. The New Testament says little about it, like praise and worship. Do you notice there's not a whole lot of detail about praise and worship in the New Testament? It's a, it said that he would restore um, the tabernacle of David. And that was uh, about having praise and worship. So you can go back and you look, and they had all the instruments and everything. It's because it's explained there. So you, you go back to there. Uh, what about ministers on TV that go back to the law and say you have to give on, on feast days and do seven things to be blessed? Uh, I believe we're not under the law. You don't have to go back to all the feast days and do. I believe Jesus has fulfilled the feast at the finished work at the cross. Yeah. Now, if you want to get that complicated, and go do it. Uh, have at it. Uh, have fun. I'm not, I'm not interested, but uh, you can catch it on TV. I'll see on this feast day, you've got to give this certain amount. You've got to give a, a first fruits. Uh, offering's got to be done on this particular feast day or you don't get the blessing. And by the way, you guys send it to me. sorry about that, but I'm throwing it in there. Send it, it's got to come to me, and then on this day, and you'll be blessed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Um... Uh, when you look at uh, there's so many different type offerings and stuff. I know people that have taken um, and given their they increased their tithe to what they wanted their raise to be, and it worked. And they started giving their tithe based on what they wanted their income to be, and God brought the increase. Where's your faith at? My husband doesn't want me to tithe. What should I do? Well, the Bible says submit to each other in reverence. Um, you know, and either spouse, whoever it is, appeal to him or her if you can give a portion of the income. And God will always give you a way to serve, pray, and, and he knows your heart. You know, don't cause a big uh, fight in, in, in the family. You, you respect each other. And, and God will make a way. Missions, give it to to missions. Well, I, I believe that the the storehouse. When you look at uh, in Malachi, the storehouse it's where they brought meat and provisions because they were farmers. They brought it uh, to the priest. And uh, I believe the storehouse today, where you the the feeding, where there's family, where there's uh, uh, equipping and training. All this is. That's the place that you give. You don't go down here and eat at KFC and uh, uh, run down to uh, McDonald's to pay the bill. I mean, I I believe believe you're to be a part of committed and planted in where God's got you planted. Church history shows that each local temple received tithes to pay for the ministers and uh of their local temple it's a biblical thing and god may i mean you can look at the in revelation where it talks about the seven churches god makes a lot talks a lot about the the local church the the individual churches historical writings um i can't pronounce some of these people ones who were a disciple for apostle john he was teaching a tithing Uh, uh, there's teaching showing that it never ceased in the church. Uh, Other writings clearly show that the tithe was viewed as a starting point for giving. Rick Renner has tremendous teaching on that. Another question, what about the uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher? (laughs) What about these poor people? Well, The thing is, they have the whole world to draw for them. The ones that I know are greatly blessed. They draw from all the churches they go go to. Give your offering to them. Give your tithe to your church. God will bless and he takes care of them. I had a person one time tell me, can I give my tithe to pay for my daughter's college tuition? No. No. No, that's not honoring your <laughs> priest with it. So don't feel sorry for these. And here's a, a stat that's interesting: the people who tie to their local church provide over ninety-five percent of the giving to other ministries. Wow! Say it again. Say it again. The people who tithe to their local church provide over 95% of the giving to other ministries. Who are the givers? The tithers are the givers. Because there's something in you that wants to give more. Should I tithe on my tax return? Depends. If you tithe on the gross income, you, you don't need to. Amen? Next question, should I tithe on the gross or on the net? I'd say usually the gross. It's not that much different. But the uh, exception would be a farmer who makes $100,000, but his profit is 40000 I believe he should tithe off the 40000 Can a Christian file for bankruptcy? Well, the laws today are based on the uh, on the Bible. Actually, bankruptcy is based on the law of Jubilee, that there would be some kind of debt uh, cancellation for people. It's not made for people to get out of their legal obligations and responsibilities. It's it's for those that have become a, a victim to some kind of uh, tough situation. And uh, they, it, it's a legitimate uh, form Uh, Of grace to benefit those. Maybe they're a victim of a flood or earthquake or wherever it is. Or maybe a wife finds herself abandoned with a household full of children and and needs help. So we don't advocate it, but under certain circumstances, God does approve it, approve the process. Do a tithe if someone buys me lunch. No, I, I think you can get legalistic with anything. Amen? Now if you get if I receive a gift and that gift is cash, what we always taught our kids, if they received a gift and it was cash that tithe off of that. But no, we're not going and seeing how much that that toy cost and or ask the person what did that cost and tithe off of that. No. I I just think you can get um, legalistic with it. But I believe we should teach our kids at an early age. Uh, to start tithing, and you know, as as soon as you can, I, I would do that. So let's let's pray. And I, I really believe, you know, we're at a season—Thanksgiving and Christmas coming. This is a time to really open your heart to God. And we do this, you know, like once a year, we, we talk about giving and, and finances, but like Pastor Rob was saying, it's all through the scriptures. It's in there a lot. Because we have to have money to live on. And maybe you are a tither. Maybe it's time for you to, to believe for increase. To believe for more. It doesn't just automatically happen that you find yourself going from 12% giving to 15 It doesn't just happen by accident. We have to... On purpose, give. But I guarantee you that God will bless and God will take care of you. So some of you need to become that progressive giver and give more. And get get the box, get, get a new level of giving. Some of you feel Uh, a pressure this time of year, maybe even gifts and stuff you have to buy. And this isn't meant to be a pressure. This is an answer, really. This is a solution. This is peace. It's his grace. It's his goodness. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Maybe you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. And that's your first step, to make him Lord, to get secure in your eternal destination. And it doesn't happen automatically. You have to, by faith, receive Jesus Christ into your heart, into your life. And it's a choice that you make. a choice to surrender your life and give it fully to him sounds simple but it's it's weighty it's a heavy thing but he welcomes you with open arms and he forgives and he cleanses and he'll make you new on the inside and you'll be his son and daughter that's you I want you to lift up your hand no one looking around We're going to all pray together. Maybe you're watching online. You can right there in your home receive the greatest gift during this season. The greatest gift that was ever given to the world. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That he would take our sins, our failures, every place that we messed up every place that we missed it, he would take it for us. Let's pray together. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for a great salvation. Thank you for the free gift, the the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. He took my place He took my shame. He took my guilt. He took my fears. He took it all for me. I received Jesus as my high priest and my Lord and Savior. And I honor you today, Lord. And I worship you today. And I surrender my life. And I live for you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live this life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being so good. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for everyone here that the Word of God throughout this series and even next week, Lord, that as we celebrate As Christmas comes and we give gifts to others, may we give the best gift to the Lord Jesus Christ. May we honor him during this time and every day of the year because you're worthy. And Lord, I thank you for touching hearts and touching lives. Uh, Lord, that faith has come alive in many today and they're going to step out in faith and do more. Not just for them, but for others. For others to be blessed. For others to hear the gospel. The good news that Jesus is alive and he's still saving. He's still forgiving. He's still cleansing. He's still healing. He's still delivering. He's still setting free. He's still giving new life today. We thank you, Lord. and give you all the glory and honor and all the praise. Jesus glorious magnificent name and everyone said amen let's stand and worship the Lord prayer partners come down and if you need prayer for anything this morning maybe it's about your finances maybe it's getting over the last hurdle maybe it's about an area you need to be free in And the Lord just prompted me last week. I talked about redefining what God has said is truth. And I mentioned saying abortion is, is okay with God. And I was praying this week. I felt the pain of someone that's had abortion. And they felt guilt and shame. I want you to know that Jesus forgives those that have had abortion. And that your baby's in heaven. If you've had a miscarriage, your baby's in heaven, alive and well. And God forgives you, and he cleanses you. See, there's nothing that you could do so evil, so bad, that his forgiveness, his grace can't touch. His blood can't cleanse. So come and receive cleansing. Come and receive healing.